I'm Danita, and I'm here to question the other side of life with you, to show how exploring the shadow can be painful, but also sexy. We ask our listeners to unravel parts of themselves they try to hide, and this can be scary, and also bring moments of revelation and elation. In the next 15 to 20 minutes, we are going to question and move through fear and some avant-garde ideas that might make you feel rage, grief, sadness, and also joy. I'm going to share insights and personal experiences about how I've been embracing the dark so I can live in my light. Welcome to the other side. Hey, Jen. Hi, Danita. I am here with my good friend, Jennifer Dolinchuk. And for the month of May and June, we are talking about some of our favorite things. Relationships. Oh, man. Listen, I love a good relationship conversation. I'm actually excited about this conversation because it's a love story between two people. And I love asking people how they met, especially if they're in an unconventional relationship that is standing the test of time, because it's so good. And I know your How Did You Meet Kurt story is so good. So would you mind sharing it? Kurt and I met probably 12 years ago, and we actually, I had just been driving through the United States on a road trip and came back to visit my sister. My grandpa had passed away, and I came back to visit my sister for three weeks. She was living with my cousin and we decided that we were going to try and find her a boyfriend and that if we didn't find her one right away, we were going to set her up with this online profile and do all this stuff. And she really didn't want that. One of her friends was volunteering at a festival, a music festival. So we decided to volunteer with the friend and we were going to go to the festival and try and get as many phone numbers as we possibly could that night and in hopes that my sister would fall madly in love. Get it, girl get it. We were going to get it. So we actually volunteered and talked to every single guy we possibly could. And I mean, I had numbers written on my arm. I had numbers written on like napkins. It was just... Just so people know, this was before the ease of cell phones, obviously. (laughs) Well, no, it actually, people had cell phones, but I didn't. I had a cell phone, like a flip phone from the United States. (laughs) yeah i literally was using like that t3 on your cell phone to try and make texting easier the napkin was easier to get the phone number it was probably like towards the end of the festival it was at night we weren't working anymore i saw kurt across the way and i kind of like burned a hole in his back and i was like what does this guy look like i definitely put the vibe out there and his friend elbowed him and said, hey, this girl's like burning a hole up your back. You need to check her out. And so he checked me out. And we basically looked at each other and we're like, well, you're kind of hot. You're hot. Let's like, let's see how it goes. So we started having a conversation. He, He came over, walked over and we started having a conversation. And I got his number to add to the list. To add to the napkins. Oh, so it was, wait, wait, just to be clear, this was, were you still thinking about your sister or was this it? This is it. Yeah. Okay. This is a different napkin now. (laughs) I was thinking about me, but part of the story is that he actually told me that he was a Walmart greeter. 
And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. And I asked him a bunch of questions about it. And he was basically interviewing me to see if I fit the criteria of someone that he would want to pursue a relationship if I would judge him based on his work. I like that. I basically asked him a bunch of questions. And then I said, you're just like, you're full of crap. Like, there's no way that you even, you can't answer these questions properly. So you don't work at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know the Walmart protocol. So you're clearly not agreeing. And I'm like, what's up with this? So then he kind of told me the whole story. He told me the backstory of why he'd come up with this whole thing. And it was, he had been dating a girl and she was this beautiful yogi that I actually later became friends with. They were out for dinner. She was talking about how she kept going out for different dinner dates and she didn't want to but she'd go out for them anyways. And he asked her why. And she said, well, girls got to eat. And so he was so put off by this that he got up and like paid his half of the meal and left. I thought it was kind of funny because turns out that that's actually just a movie quote. So she was just quoting a movie. I guess that worked in my favor, right? So that night, you know, I said, I got to go. I'm going out with my sister. And we went out and we got so many more phone numbers. And then he said, well, why don't we meet for brunch? So we met for brunch the next day before the rest of the festival. But I was walking into the brunch. It was just like, hey, girl, hey, hey, girl, hey. And all these guys that I had gotten their phone numbers from were at the same brunch place on the way to the festival. <laughs> and Kurt was, you know, I, I told him the story of what was going on. But definitely, I got a lot of phone calls in the next couple of weeks. Hey, did your sister, did you ever find someone for your sister or, or was Kurt your find? And that was that. Kurt was my find. Kurt, my sister found someone about six months later. They actually met on New Year's Eve and her friend pushed the two of them together and said, here's a miss, like, it's New Year's Eve kiss. Even better than the festival napkins. Wow. They're married. Wait, they're married? Oh, yes. This is such a good story. Okay. Okay. So congrats to your sister. And now you and Kurt have been together, you said, for 12 years. And I know you have a relationship. It's unique. Yeah, it's a really unique relationship and it's definitely went through its ebbs and flows and ups and downs. And basically at the end of it, once we decided to have kids, we just said, okay, we're in this together. And that means we have a family and our family's always going to come first, but we still have to be individuals within this relationship and feel good about the relationship. And so we went through times where we've been split up, but together as a family, we went through times where we have lived in separate bedrooms and had conjugal visits and lived together as a family. We've tried the time of, you know, spending a week apart, seeing what that looks like or dedicated time of being apart and being together. And we've just went through all different types of relationship scenarios to really just find the one that works for us and how it was going to work. What we found is that after kids, all of the core wounds and the core beliefs that we had been able to ignore for the previous four years really started to come out and be triggered. So things that was coming up for me was just, I'm, I was getting triggered by security, stability, the idea of control, responsibility. Kurt was being really triggered with a fear of failure, financial stability, things that had all happened when we were little that affected how we grew up. And then they were really coming to the surface when we were kids. And then they're actually coming out in our kids and we can see them. And that's where I said, okay, like we really need to start working on ourselves because one, we're not being satisfied in our relationship. And two, this is really affecting our kids. They're becoming their own versions of our core wounds and our core beliefs. 
part of the goal for the past three years has been to navigate through our own core wounds, our own healing space, what we needed to do in order to really start connecting with our kids on a different level and also connecting with each other with as much transparency and communication of what we really needed at that time. So I've talked in a different episode about really feeling restricted by my relationship. So that's when I actually started looking outside the relationship. And it wasn't necessarily for another partner. At times it did. At times I was like, okay, I'm now starting to feel like I want, like the grass is greener. I'm going to go somewhere else. But I had that conversation with Kurt. I said, this is what I'm feeling. I need to explore those feelings. I don't necessarily need to act on them, but I need to know why I'm feeling this way, where it's coming from. And if that's even something I want, or if it's something that I'm just like dreaming of or fantasizing about, because then I don't actually have to deal with my own shit, my own stuff. And then Kurt went through the, like a similar process on his own, in his own way of what he needed to really work through and connect with so that he could feel really confident with himself and become more anchored in our relationship. We spent the last three years working through that stuff and really just discovering what relationship works best for us and how we can connect. Because what happens is, is when we first met, okay, great. Like I burned a hole in his back. Awesome. He thought it was great. We're both like, like I said, you're hot, you're hot. It was let's get it on. Like, let's see where this goes. And we basically just said, okay, you like to do the same things as me. Great. You like to travel. Great. You like to have fun and jump off cliffs. Great. So do I, we liked the same things. We named our cars. Like we were just very, very similar in so many ways and that we like to have a lot of fun together. And that was what our relationship was based on was just, just this great connection of fun. Then what happened when we had kids, we were able to ignore before the kids what our core wounds were and what our core beliefs were. And we didn't talk about that stuff before kids. We really didn't. Well, I'm thinking overall, many people don't talk about that before or after kids. I mean, unless you're really doing work like you're doing, Danita, it doesn't often come up. And the idea that Kurt is so open to working on himself or learning about the core wounds, I mean, doesn't it take that kind of thought process and education to know even what those are before you can dig into them. Yeah, that's true, Jen. Like until this, I like to say this uh, to people that are kind of, you know, you feel a little bit guilty. You almost feel like, okay, I should have had this core wounds, core beliefs. I did anyways, before we had kids so that I could, we could have had the conversation of, are we actually going to, you know, connect after kids? And I don't know that you can actually discover that before kids. There's a lot of questions that you can ask each other. But until you have kids, I don't know that you're going to be able to answer, how are we going to raise these kids together? And how are we actually going to raise these kids together? Because that changes. You know, you have all those ideas before children and then after children, something else completely happens. For me, anyways, in my opinion. And what do you think the conversation would look like for others that, you know, they're on thinking this really resonates with what you're saying. I'm feeling the same way. How can they start that conversation with their partner? After kids, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. If you want to start having this conversation is you can look at yourself and you can say, these experiences have led me to believe this. I'm seeing this in my children. You can share that with your partner. This is what I'm seeing. You can ask them what they see. You can ask them what you think, how they think their experiences are shaping the beliefs of their kids. What happens is, is once you start educating and creating an awareness around this type of stuff, 
it's at that point that you then start having a responsibility and a choice to make. Before that point, before the awareness, before the education, you don't know. Before we decided to have kids, it was like, we didn't know. Well, yeah, Danita, you guys were cliff jumping all over the world. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't know. We didn't have an awareness of this or an education on it or any sort of idea of it. So at that point, we didn't have the responsibility or the choice because we didn't know. But once we knew, then it was, okay, we now have the responsibility and the choice to make these changes and shifts in our lives for our own selves, for our own connection and relationship, and for our family in the end. And that really seemed to resonate with Kurt. When I started communicating at that level with him about how it affects not only ourselves, but our connection and our children, and he was seeing it in our kids, that's when he really started to say, okay, I am going to learn more about this. It became really important at that time. Before that, it just kind of seemed like, oh, we can ignore it. We can push it down. We can just shove it to the side. We'll get through it. It's fine. But when it becomes really obvious that it's affecting and impacting your kids or your partner, then that's when you're, you know, you hope that the person will start to say, okay, I want to learn more. I think that when it comes to your own personal relationship and your family and your kids, like you said, the idea of being able to create a relationship that works best for the both of you is so freeing in a sense. There's not a right and wrong way to do anything, especially when you're talking about core wounds of two independent individual people of growing up different ways. It's nice to know that if they're open to working through things together for the sake of their family or their relationship, that they can choose any path that's best for them, just like you and Kurt did. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing you almost forget when you first enter a relationship that the other person has core wounds or these core beliefs. You just see what you want to see. It's also like you're looking at them and going, hey, you can kind of fill this need that I have. You're not even aware that you're looking for this need that someone can fill for you because it's your own core wound that you have or your own you know, inner work that needs to be done. And you look at someone else and you say, yeah, you can offer me the security that I've been craving. It's not conscious. It's a subconscious thing of you're going to be with me all the time and I don't want to be alone. Great. Perfect. You're feeling that need. I'm never going to be abandoned. Awesome. Good. I'm going to be with you, you know? And so you're choosing someone sometimes, sometimes based on the subconscious need that is being met. Because then at that point, you're making the decision on whether or not to be with someone based on, okay, yes, I know what my core wound is. I know what my core belief is. Yes, I'm looking for this need to be met. Or perhaps you've already went through and moved through the fear of those wounds and beliefs and you've come out the other side. And now you're saying, okay, you know what? I no longer need that or have to have that need met. And I still like you. Amazing. Great. Now that I've went to the other side, I still want a relationship with you. Awesome. Thank you for sharing your story of how you met. Oh, thank you, Jen. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible explore the other side of life, to find awareness in their truth and learn to love where they are at and discover where they can go. 
So if you found support and guidance in any way today, I would love to hear from you. The best way is to simply share your love by leaving me a comment on whatever platform you are tuning in from. I will be reading every single one of them. Or you can connect with me on YouTube, where I share healing sound meditations. And you can always learn more about me, my services, and what it is I do at www.gypsyheart.ca. That's www.gypsyheart.ca. I can't wait to connect again soon.